This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, um, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali and I'll be your host today. So with me, I have Nuru Mugambi, the Director of Public Affairs and Sustainable uh, and a Sustainable Finance Lead at the Kenya Bankers Association. And um, we want to talk about the Angaza Awards. So to our new listeners, the Angaza Awards is an awards that recognizes women who are steering and shaping the financial service sector. Um, the Angaza Awards is formed by the Kenyan Wall Street, of course, in partnership with Kaleidoscope Consultants. And Nuru Mugambi was one of our judges. Welcome to the show, Nuru. Thank you. So, Nuru, what was the journey to being a director at the Kenya Bankers Association? Yeah, so my career actually started when I was 18 years old. And um, so I've had a very interesting journey. But I first started working uh, within the banking industry in 2008. I was recruited by Barclays uh, PLC to come and work in Kenya. So that was was a great opportunity to come home and make an impact in the banking industry. Uh, while at Barclays, I was doing uh, some work for KBA. I was a nominee at a Barclays nominee um, at KBA, and over time uh, got close to working with the board and was offered a position to come and help set up the first department within KBA. And really, um, it's just been a great opportunity to help shape the banking sector through KBA. You know, with your position at KBA, not only have you spent quite some time in the in the banking sector, especially in Kenya, but also you get to interact with quite a number of top level women. What has been your experience as a woman in the banking sector? I think it's been a process of learning um, and really just um, networking and engaging uh, with many women. I started the Leading Women in Banking and Finance Network uh, because I realized that there was a need to promote women within the industry to reach that next level, to reach that C-suite and also to sit on boards. So the Leading Women Initiative supports um, several hundred women in the banking industry through mentorship and networking. Last year, we held our first Pan-African conference, which was very successful. We thank Kenyan Wall Street also for supporting that conference. And really, it was just a testament to the number of amazing women within banking and finance across the continent. So it really has been a process of learning to really understand what the challenges women are experiencing, um, learning about all the amazing women. That's why the Sangaza Awards is so fantastic because it helps bring to the fore all the amazing women who are quietly shaping the sector and also helping grow their financial institutions. You know, up, up to the point where we can actually sit down and be in a position to you know, discuss the achievements of women, especially in the banking and finance sector, there has been quite, quite some growth in terms of, you know, gender equality and representation. Uh, do you think the sector has made um, progress in terms of gender equality since you joined? Um, I think we have seen continuous progress, but we are not where we need to be. 
So when I think about uh, the pioneers in banking and finance, I think about Dr. Mary Okello. And Mary Okello was thankfully one of the judges of this Angaza Award. And um, Dr. Okello became the first woman bank manager in Kenya in the 1970s. In 1977, specifically, really, which is when I was born. And at that point, when you hear her story, you hear stories about how women were not allowed to open a bank account without their husband. They were not allowed to borrow without their husband co-signing on the loan. Um, the bathrooms in the banks uh, were not gender sensitive. So you can imagine, and that was just 40 years ago, which is not too long ago. But when you think about where we are now, when you see banks competing for share of wallets uh, within the women economy, you realize that there's been a progressive appreciation of the power and the role that women play in the economy. Um, so yes, we have come a long way from the banking industry that Dr. Okello shook up, but I think we're still not where we need to be. So when you look at the statistics in terms of how many Bank CEOs are female, for example. Uh, the numbers are not so good. We have less than five women compared to over 40 uh, male bank CEOs. Same is the case in insurance and several other sectors, microfinance, SACOs. So there is still a need, as much as we've come from far, uh, there is still a need to promote women to the C-level, the C-suite uh, and the board level. But that said, Kenya, from a board perspective, has witnessed a lot of gains through work by the Nairobi Securities Exchange and the Capital Markets Authority, supported by various organizations, including New Faces, New Voices, and the UN Women. So we have seen more awareness around the need for board diversity. Uh, Kenya is actually leading in Africa when it comes to board diversity. In fact, we're one of the top 10 countries, I think, internationally when it comes to board diversity, and that's gender diversity, age, tribe, national heritage, so we are moving, but we are yet to be where we need to be. For example, on average, about 20, 21% of boards in Kenya are gender sensitive. So that means we have another 20%, sorry, we have another 80% that needs to, to wake up <laughs> and become more modern when it comes to how they constitute their boards. That's quite a huge number. Yeah. Let's circle back to you a little bit, um, your career growth. Who are some of the women that you found inspiring? There's so many. Um, Nazim Gebji is one that I will always hold a candle for. I first met Nazim while I was working at Barclays and I was making a presentation to the board of KBA and she was the only woman in the room. Uh, and as I walked in, I was just so intimidated by all the men. You had Richard Etanesi, Martin O'Dwar, James Masharia, who is now the PS. Um, so we had so many powerful men around the room. And here I was in my, I think I was just 31 years old, coming to tell this board that they're getting it wrong when it comes to the role KBA is playing in the banking industry and in the economy. But when I sat down, Nazem just gave me this reassuring look that made all the difference and gave me that confidence. And she gave me the permission to step into the opportunity. And, and I'll forever remember Nazem for that. There are many other women within the financial sector that I really respect. Um, we have Rebecca Bibi 
at Family Bank, who I think is just so amazing um, because she's come from a non-traditional background to become a CEO. She was in the legal side and she's a CEO. Um, another lady that I really respect is Mary Wamai at Equity Bank. And Mary ended up being the number one uh, in the Akasa Awards. Uh, all the judges were just so tremendously impressed with what Mary has been able to do for Equity Bank in the whole region and in Africa. So there are just so many women, I can't name them all, but Ali, there's so many women, so many amazing women in the financial sector. I think it's actually beautiful that we're having this conversation now. And um, just in, in line with the, with the Angaza Awards, why do you think it's important to recognize, you know, the achievements of women being a woman who has done quite a lot for the sector yourself? I understand that recently you were recognized amongst the top 25 influencers in green finance. So why it's important to recognize women is because um, I always hear this narrative of where are the women when it comes to recruitment for CEOs or recruitment for board directors, where are the women? Now, if we are not shining a light on these amazing women like Mary Wamai and all these amazing women on this top 10 list that Angaza has uncovered, then we will forever be hearing this question, where are the women? So we need to recognize women who are quietly shaping their financial institutions and ultimately quietly shaping the financial sector. And through that process, we can then nudge forward and push forward and break through um, the various glass ceilings that we're experiencing as, as the female gender in the financial sector. And what do you think are some of the ways in which maybe organizations can highlight more or rather recognize the achievements of women? So I think um, ultimately uh, organizations need to recognize all their employees, especially those that are performing, those that are contributing to firm performance. And there are various ways you can do this. And the primary one is really remuneration. Um, when you look at the remuneration of women versus men, you find that women earn less for the same role. And in some cases, women are even more experienced earning less than men in the same role. So remuneration is a key area of recognition. Uh, promotions, um, giving stretch assignments and uh, strategic projects, um, leading task forces. Uh, so there are many different ways that an institution can recognize talent within their organization, hopefully through a talent program. So it's more a more strategic approach versus an ad hoc approach to recognize not just women, but all the talent within the organization. Um, but I think going back to the point of remuneration, I think it's important that institutions conduct an assessment to really understand how are we remunerating our staff? Um, how are we promoting our staff? And when it comes to strategic projects, is it an equitable process? Um, uh, so it starts with uh, an internal reflection and assessment, and then really putting forward some concrete action points uh, to help raise and elevate uh, the performance within the institution. Definitely money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money. Money is, money is one, but it's not everything. <laughs> True. <laughs> Onto the Angaza Awards. I'm aware that. Um, the judges, you being one of them, just completed the nomination process and you already came up with a list of winners for the awards. 
what are some of the things that you you looked um, into or what were some of the things that you expected from the participants as a judge? So we were very keen to ensure that we were identifying women who are able to demonstrate that through their role and through their intervention, they have helped shape their firm's performance. We were also very keen to make sure we were recognizing women whose role transcended the institution to help influence and help shape uh, the financial sector in whichever way. And then finally, we were keen to make sure we select those individuals who are making an impact in society um, and in communities. So those were the three key areas um, that we were looking for. We also wanted to make sure that there was some diversity in terms of backgrounds, age, culture. So, so those are some of the things that we were really paying attention to. And we were just so excited, really, the entries that we got really quality entries. The difference between one from another was just a matter of a few points. In some cases, one or two points was a difference. So it was really a tight cohort of amazing, amazing women. What are some of the things that perhaps stood out for you in the process? What stood out for me was that there are just so many amazing women who are doing some really big things, but you never hear about them in the media. You never hear their voices. You never see their work. So that's what stood out for me. And, and that's why I think this award is really important because it shines a light on some of the things that these ladies are doing. Yeah, so that's what stood out for me. And then also what stood out for me was uh, the stereotype that was broken for me. So Kenya is known as the regional financial hub for East Africa. But when you look at uh, the ladies on the list that are not from Kenya, they are just so impressive. And that kind of, it, it broke a stereotype for me that you can have a woman from South Sudan come and be a CEO of a bank in Kenya. Why not? You can have a woman from Rwanda come and be a CEO of a bank in Kenya or an insurance provider in Kenya. Why not? So that was the one aha moment for me in the process. You know, I was having I was having an earlier conversation with Esther Detti, the executive mm-hmm. director for EAVCA oh. and uh, I remember posing the same question that I am about to pose for you. And uh, uh, one of the things that I found interesting in the conversations was women take more time and weigh themselves more than they do when applying for opportunities as compared to their male (laughs) counterparts. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, so I think there's a lot of uh, writing and articles I've read about this that women will typically make sure I think they meet more than 90% of the role requirements, whereas men, I think it's almost like 40% uh, before they'll apply for a job. And I think a lot of it comes from really how we're socialized. Women, we are socialized very differently from men, particularly in the African context. We're socialized to, to be the providers, to be the caregivers, to be the poised individuals. So I think over time, we're just very self-critical and levels of self-confidence are probably less than our counterparts who are socialized to be the leaders, to be the champions, to be the ones to go out and do things and fend for their families, you know. Um, so, so I think uh, that cultural context has shaped how we approach ourselves in the professional environment. So it's understandable. So what we really need to do is just encourage both our boys and our girls, our sons and our daughters 
to be confident and, and really just step into their own. It really should not be a gender issue. Leadership should not be a gender issue. Um, and it starts in the home. It starts in schools. Um, teachers should not send daughters, I mean girls, uh, to take books from one class to another class. I hear that like, in my daughter's school, so often it's the teachers sending the girls around, whereas the boys are in the classroom. So it really starts at the elementary age, uh, how we raise our kids. It starts at schools, how we treat girls versus how we treat boys. Um, and it's so empowering, actually, you just need to talk to your daughters and they'll even tell you, yeah, they're treated differently than our male counterparts in class. So really, we need to reprogram ourselves as a society to remove the stereotype within leadership. Uh, and, and I think that will then follow through in the professional realm. But for those of us in our 40s and 30s and 20s who are not in the educational system, we just need to continuously just build our capacities and build, build on our confidence levels and apply for those jobs. Uh, but at the same time, to me personally, I am not an advocate for applying for a job that you're not qualified for because it's going to come through. And what ultimately happens is you start losing respect, not only in the institution, but people notice if you don't know what you're doing. So yes, apply for those jobs. No, you don't have to meet 100% of the criteria, but you certainly should meet 100% of the core criteria. So let's say, for example, there's a job for a neurosurgeon. And here comes Nuru, who has just read an article that women need to apply for jobs even if they're not qualified. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I mean, surely, really? No, I can't apply for that job. I mean, definitely. Right? So you see what I mean? So, but you should be able to apply for that job if you meet 100% of the core criteria. So I think that's how I'd answer, I'd answer that question. I don't know what Esther said, but that's how I'd answer it. I think you definitely have a valid point. I liked your nuanced approach to it. You know, as we close the, the interview, obviously we would have future Angaza Awards and other opportunities that seek to recognize the achievements of women in various industries. What advice would you give to prospective applicants of, say, the Angaza Awards? So I would advise perspective. It's a hard word, right? English came on a boat. Uh, I would advise the perspective, <laughs> advise the perspective and Gaza Award applicants um, to take time to complete their entry. I, I, we could see those who rushed literally up, at, up until the last minute to put in their nomination. And to me, that, that's also a signal on how... Uh, how we prioritize ourselves. I would advise that uh, for this award and any award, and really even in your resume, even when you're early, you talked about interviewing for jobs, make sure you have your numbers at your fingertips in terms of how you're creating an impact. It's all about the numbers. People pay attention to numbers. So it's important to be able to quantify your impact, not only when you're applying for the Angaza Awards, but just generally when you're talking about what you've been able to achieve. Quantifying is so important. And then uh, I would advise that it's not just about recognition, it's about creating an impact that transcends yourself, your family, your job, your institution. We are all called to make an impact in this world. So it's really about making an impact and, and then you can tell a story from there. Um, thank you so much. I'm sure our prospective applicants will be able to pick that up. Just before I close this window, is there any last words you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, really, it's just to thank all the judges who took their time 
to really go through each and every entry. I want to thank all the ladies who nominated themselves or nominated other people uh, for these awards. Um, it's just so tremendous that we have entries from so many countries. Um, just to keep encouraging the ladies to participate. Um, the 2021 award is going to be a Pan-African award, so it's going to be a little bit more competitive. But but certainly we want to just encourage uh, women in finance. And when we say finance, we're talking about insurance, fintech, SACO, microfinance, private equity, capital markets and banking. Whichever spectrum you're in, please uh, take the time to submit your entry. Thank you so much, Nuru. To our listeners, that was Nuru Mugambi for you, uh, one of the judges for, for the Angaza Awards. Um, in case the Angaza Awards is, is new to you, as I said earlier, it's an initiative by the Kenyan Wall Street and Kaleidoscope to recognize the achievements of uh, women in finance. You can learn more about the awards by visiting our website at www.kenyanwallstreet.com and um, under searching Angaza Awards, you'll get to see what the awards are about, who are the judges, and what are some of the things they were looking for. And uh, we will be releasing um, the shortlist of the, the winners of the Angaza Awards for, for this year. So stay tuned. Nuru, thank you so much for joining this conversation. And it's always a pleasure having you on. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Ali. Thanks so much. <laughs>